In the Pits is partnered with 71 Designs, owned and operated by veteran Wade Martin, and partnered with fellow Texas brand Compete. 71 Designs can take your ideas for soft goods, merchandise, and casual wear and make them a reality. Message 71 Designs on Facebook or Instagram to get started today. In the Pits is partnered with Pod Runners Union. Pod Runners Union breaking news. Super limited Union Tech Tees and, for the first time, Fiesta Medals are available online at podrunnersunion.org. Use offer code PITS for 10% off of your order. Stealing pods for undeserving teams. It's a living. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these Golden Eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip, engage, excel. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of paintball fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three-man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even U3v3. There's something for everyone at XTPL. Not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous paintball munching contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XTPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players, for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team, paintballfit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Wraps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order your next custom headpiece. Their Build-A-Band lets you communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram, at BEMRAPS, for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. 
To sign up for a class, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. Drinking water all day at your tournaments and still feel tired? What if we could hydrate you from the cellular level? At BioWorks Mobile IV Service, our licensed professionals understand what it takes to get through a long day of exercise. We use all natural vitamins to increase hydration, recovery, and prolonged athletic endurance. Help your team get to the podium. Book now by texting the number on your screen or calling today. Call 972-948-8207 to book now. That's 972-948-8207. BioWorks. Hydrate. Win. Repeat. Welcome, everybody, to episode 88 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Dallas-Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode, we are going in the pits with Corey Field, new coach for Outlaw Anodizing Warriors. Corey, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm uh, very happy to have you on. Uh, you're uh, you're a favorite of mine uh, as far as players on the pro field, so I'm I'm very happy to finally have you on the show. I don't usually do these. Uh, I think you're like the second one I've done in like ten years. So we'll see see how it all works out. But I'm I'm excited to be here and excited to move from being a professional paintball player to hopefully a good coach. So. I'm uh, I'm honored to be one of the two. So let's uh, yeah, let's do this. This should be a good time. So let's go ahead and get started. This first question is brought to us by XTPL Events. So for those listening that maybe don't know about you, how long have you been involved in the tournament paintball scene? Ooh, uh, what ninety eight? So what twenty six years? Been uh, been involved in tournament paintball for yeah twenty six years since nineteen ninety eight. So yeah. So uh, what teams have you played for over those years? Oh, uh, well, I mean, 1998. It was kind of uh, you know Woods uh, made my own team called the Carnival Clowns. We played World Cup, uh, beat uh, beat our amateur A team, which was the Jacks Warriors. Uh, barely barely lost to the pro team, but uh, you know Carnival Clowns was at what uh, novice back then because it was novice amateur B amateur A. And then uh, Exile, which was Amateur B. Uh, we won Chicago in 2001. And then after Ex- Exile, I went and played for the Nidog Silver team, which was Amateur B, which was under, uh, I was under Rocky's wing, as you could say, Rocky Newth. And then after the Nidog Silver, it was Nidog's Pro in 2003, and then played with them for a decade, and then made Seattle Thunder until its sale in uh 2020 at the end of 2022 and then played uh for the ironman at the end of my career so yeah we are say end of your career do you you mean to say that there's a you know you're pretty much done playing professionally or do you think there would be a time where you would come back uh i mean i still play i guess professional icpl 10 man with far side uh just because it's mechanical and i love it uh, for me to come back, I think the uh, change would have to be like less pods or anything like that because, you know, my position as playing as a back center guy, you know, shooting eight pods at a gap for me is kind of boring. But uh, I tell you what, when I played France with Team USA two years ago and we played two pods and a hopper, that was exciting because, you know, you shoot and you had to go. So 
I think if they changed it to four pods and a loader, I, I, I might come back. But if they don't change that, which either way, I probably won't come back to the Pro League in NXL. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, uh, so with all of those years of experience, so how, what does that come out to as far as like how many years you were in the pro division, like close to 20 at this point or. Uh, I started my first pro event was Huntington beach, 2003 till the end with the Ironman of 2023. So, um, yeah, 20 years. Awesome. Wow. Uh, Not many people can say that. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good run. <laughs> sure. Got to travel around the world, so it's always good. Absolutely. So this question is brought to us by Skull Monkeys Paintball. So tell us what got you into paintball to begin with. <laughs> I know, I mean, a lot of people have that typical, I went to a birthday party and played paintball. Uh, mine's a little different. So I have a twin brother. We're identical mirror twins. He's left-handed, I'm right-handed. Uh, he played paintball first, like, like 1997. So I was 15 years old. And back then, how we talked to our girlfriends was AOL Instant Messenger at night. You know, there was, you know, no phone calls. It just was easy on AOL Instant Messenger. Well, talking to my girlfriend, my brother wanted to talk to his girlfriend. I told him to get bent. And he proceeded to shoot me in the back of the head with his paintball gun. And we proceeded for the next three and a half hours while my mom was at work to play paintball in the house. And that's what got me hooked. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we both got a beating uh, because we had tables obviously turned over with paintball marks all over them. So my mom coming home at 1 a.m. from her shift wasn't very happy. But that's what got me into paintball was my brother shooting me in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, there's uh, there's a few people that I've talked to with their intro to paintball story. It's like they wanted to go play in some way but then they just got absolutely destroyed either by their dad or their uncle or whoever and then they just got hooked from there uh, that's a uh, definitely interesting interesting start to get uh to get you into it versus keep you out of it yeah i mean uh, we're twins right so we, we have the if if one's playing something and we're competitive i'm gonna start it too and try and be better than him so it worked out <laughs> uh we're definitely glad to have you in the sport so Okay, so the next question is brought to us by Pod Runners Union. So, over your uh, time in paintball, what are some things that have changed within the scene, either for better or for worse? Man, that's a lot in what the twenty-six years. Um, I mean, what's changed? I mean, with every industry, change is good, right? And we all have to adapt to change. Like you know, when we're working, all that stuff. If you don't adapt to change, you're just gonna sit back and die with the rest of us right so um what's changed is uh, paint prices are cheaper for sure i mean when i first started playing paintball uh, a case of 2500 rounds nelson was 110 dollars. that was terrible paint like you know plus or minus 40 on the chrono maybe if we might be able to shoot something from 25 feet away but that was the cheapest paint and then you had the most expensive stuff which was rp share Ultra Evil Yellow Marbleizer that was $160 a case that shot like a dream. So anytime these kids tell me $45 for a case of paint is terrible, I just tell them you're lucky, very lucky. Um, you know, back in the day, I would say not back in the day, but 2003, right? We were we were walking eight fields a day, 
uh, for eight hours uh, because it was all blind. And we had, to, we had to walk every field, no matter if we had to play it or not, because if we didn't play it in the prelims, we might play it in the finals, right? So, you know, everybody that's, that's been able to practice a layout for one to two weekends and you only have one layout should, should feel lucky that they're not walking around the field for eight hours a day, you know, just sometimes bored or, you know, trying to find these small little gaps, you know, just you, you should already know them here this, this day and age. Um, you know, the transfer from, I say, seven man, 10 man to X ball was, was needed for, um, you know, the, the vitality of the sports, you know, showcasing it throughout the world and everything like that. I know a lot of people complain about, about having to practice the layout and it should be blind. Um, for me, you know, when we go to the Olympics, right, Peekaboo Street always had to, got to test her runs before she actually played the Olympics, you know, did her skeins and everything like that. I think paintball should be the same way, right? We get to practice, you know, one to two weekends on the layout just to try and get better and do trial runs as, as we would call it, right? You know, so, you know, for better or worse, paintball is in a good spot and uh, I'm excited, you know, what Tom has been doing for the NXL, you know, getting Hertz and everything in here for sponsor outside sponsors and everything like that so you know hopefully we can just keep keep going forward yeah and with the news that uh, vegas completely sold out as uh, i think they said it's the biggest non-world cup event that paintball has ever had so tom's definitely doing some exciting things yeah i mean i, I was reading i was reading the like the, the team list i think there's like 22 pump teams playing vegas i think any other any other NXL event, there's not those pump teams, right? Because most of them are probably coming out of California. But, you know, it's it's going to be great to watch those pumpers again, right? Because I grew up watching pump players just punk each other from long distances or in front, you know, five feet away from each other. So I'm excited for NXL and seeing all these teams signed up and ready to roll. I didn't even, like, know that there were 22 pump teams that were even still in existence, let alone, like, all together at one event. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna head over there a few times just to watch them. Hopefully, I can. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I got to check out for sure. So, yeah, this next question is brought to us by Bem Raps. So, uh, me trying to do some research uh, before this episode, I went to your PB Leagues profile. I saw a ton of events from uh, the Naughty Dogs dating. Dating way back, PB League starts in 2003, but I'm sure you were you were there before then. So, what was it like playing for such a legendary organization? I mean, when I started paintball with my brother on the outdoor side instead of playing indoor, you know, all we heard was about this amateur B team called the Naughty Dogs, and if we want to get better, go and practice them, right? So, my brother and I would do anything we could. We would take the bus to Albany to Albany where they were out of and walked a mile with our gear bags to to practice against them um you know just playing for them um I, you know it made me who I am today you know Rocky Newth which I don't know if anybody knows who Rocky Newth is but you know he's a very intelligent person has 2 to 3 degrees engineering degrees um was really high up at Hewitt Packard and um Ran paintball on the side, I guess you could say, <laughs> but you know, he, he ran he ran paintball as professionally as possible. You know, we were 
uh, we had a curfew every night uh, when we were with the team. If you were on, if you if you were 21 or older, you couldn't drink before the event. Um, there was a buddy system, so none of us could go out by ourselves. You know, there was two or three of us at all the times that uh, would walk to stores and stuff like that, just for safety precautions. Um, and you know, traveling around the world with with the Night Dogs, my brother Rocky, and playing paintball for free and getting paid uh, when we won events was 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 amazing. Um, I'm I was happy when Rocky picked me up and. Like I said before, it made me where I am today, and I think if it wasn't for him, I probably would have played maybe a couple more years and probably done something else with my life. So um, it was it was amazing, and yeah. Oh, I'm, uh, well, that's that's awesome that you got that experience with him. I know uh, Colt Roberts, who is a very close friend of mine and big mentor for me and my team. He got to play with them just briefly, but. Uh, but he he definitely echoes kind of similar things about Rocky. It seems that a lot of players that were around him at the time uh, went on to kind of do some pretty amazing things with him. Yeah, Rocky saw, you know, when he saw talent, he took it, right? And he, no matter what you were good at in paintball, he always uh, found, uh, I guess I related him to like a pitching coach for the MLB, right? You. You get drafted with your fastball and slider, but you always need, you know, that change up, curveball change up. And usually you develop that while you're in the majors. And Rocky was like a you know, a pitching coach for it for Major League Baseball. He'd always find something that you were weak at and uh overpower you to make you better at that aspect of the game. All right. So um yeah, and here in the chat we've got Steve Blair. Uh, he says he's still got his Carnival Clown jersey. Good old Steven. Awesome. So uh, this question is brought to us by Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. So you took a three-year break shortly after the start of the 2006 season, uh, and you returned in 2009 where you rejoined the Naughty Dogs which uh, at that time uh, they changed to the Seattle Naughty Dogs. So what was it that caused your departure and what was it that brought you back? Um, what caused my departure, my departure was my career. Uh, I worked in explosives. Um, I won't get too far in detail on that, but uh, my dad was EOD in the Navy, uh, which is Explosive Ordnance Disposal. So he was basically Special Forces in the Navy uh, for 26 years. And he taught me and my brother the ins and outs of explosives. So I was able to go to the civilian side of explosives and uh, work with that. So at that time, I got uh, promoted to a lead position. Um, and I also you know, was serving my community in a, um, an aspect with explosives as well. So I was doing search and rescue with the county, all that stuff. So I wasn't 100% committed with the Night Dogs. And you know, what Rocky told me is if you're not 100% committed, Please tell me and uh, we can we can work it out. Right. So, you know, I just because I wasn't there at events doesn't mean I wasn't playing paintball. Uh, Rocky, every chance I had on the weekends, I was playing with the Naughty Dogs, you know, keeping my sword sharp, as everybody would say, uh, because I always knew I was going to come back uh, and I just wanted to keep sharp. So when I did come back, there wasn't a big stepping stone for me to try. So. You know, I was out of the scene, but not out of the scene, I guess you could say. 
uh, for those for those years that I decided to do my career. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, good to hear that you were it's still still around, even if you weren't playing the event. So uh, I'm assuming. So what was it exactly that uh, that brought you back in? Was it just that your career allowed you to continue playing tournaments or resume playing when uh, 2009 came around? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had more leadway uh, within my career to uh, to actually take time off and everything like that. Um, you know, when I started my lead position with explosives, I was, you know, training with aspects of explosives that maybe I didn't know. So, you know, sometimes I was traveling out of town, out of state, out of country to to learn certain aspects of explosives just to get better at my my craft, as everybody could say. So I knew that I wasn't going to be I wouldn't have been committed. So um, after that, I you know, I had the training and every the PTO, as we could say, to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm going to let this guy do, you know, what needs to happen and I'm going to go travel. So, yeah. Got it. But yeah. I always knew I was going to come back. It just depended when I was able to do it. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Steve Blair in the chat says uh, that he'll see you in Vegas. And uh, also first from... beers on him. <laughs> So also uh, from B Gravy says, welcome to the outlaw family, Corey. Ready to go. Hopefully he's training right now. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this layout's definitely going to need, need some, uh, some extra attention, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. So this question is brought to us by Paintball Kumite, speaking of training, and speaking of Colt Roberts, this is his training regimen. So nice. uh, since then, you've been you – know, so since your time on the Naughty Dogs, you were – known as one of the main forces on Seattle Thunder, which was one of my favorite teams to watch, and in their final season achieved a sixth-place finish in the 2022 season. So what was uh, your role on Thunder throughout the year? Um, I mean, my role is pretty straightforward. I mean, I was part owner of Seattle Thunder, ma manager, captain, and player. Uh, towards the start of Seattle Thunder, I tried to coach and play, which is absolutely stupid. Um, just because when you play at that high level, you can't be half in, half out, you know, calling lines, all that stuff. So the first three years of Seattle Thunder was was rough because, you know, I was trying to do multiple roles and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I did everything. You know, there was another owner of Seattle Thunder uh, that helped with the funding. And, you know, we would... We would try everything we could just to to try and keep the keep the, keep the train going, as as everybody could say. But you know, I, I my hand and my feet were dipped in every everything that Seattle Thunder needed. You know, from start to the to the end. Um, so I, yeah, that's a that's a lot for one person to cover. It was pretty easy, um, except for the coaching part, right? Just because you know. I don't see, you know, if I'm playing, I don't see what the other team's doing, right? So I knew after year three that I needed, I needed to get a coach and and focus on myself playing and the coach focus on coaching. Right, right, yeah. I know in um, kind of lower divisional, there's uh, there's I guess a mentality that having a coach is is great but not necessarily required in order to do well at like the division five through division three or division two level um w were you typically a player coach as you were coming up through the ranks or what 
I guess what was it that made you take on that role? Um, I'm. I mean, when I when I came through, like professional paintball, we were you know with Rocky, we were seven man, ten man, five man, five man X ball, um, and Rocky ran. You know, Rocky hired a coach, right? So I really wasn't. I didn't. You know, I just focused on playing through uh, through my career until Seattle Thunder, right? You know, when we started Seattle Thunder, we went through the funding and everything like that, and I was like, yeah, we're not gonna be able to we're not gonna be able to hire a coach for a while. So I'm going to try and coach and play just to make the funding cheap, you know, cause we, we wanted myself and the other owner wanted to make it as cheap as possible for the players. Right. Cause they're professional athletes. So we paid for everything except their plane ticket. Um, just so they could just focus on being the best they can be on the field, off the field. And, you know, with that, it sacrifices had to be made and, not be able to hire a coach and pay them for the first couple of years was was one of those uh, sacrifices. Gotcha. Uh, I know even until somewhat recently, not every team in the pro division had a coach. Um, would you say, like, at at what level do you think having a coach is required in order to succeed in a division? Um, I honestly, I think it depends on uh, what events you're going to play the nxl obviously is a layout that uh we practice you know one to two weekends before the actual tournament and having a coach that can sit back and watch every player tell them what they can and can't do what they should do is needed for i think division three and up uh if you're playing like we'll say wcppl um if you're D5 to D3, blind layout, you know, you guys are just practicing drills before the actual layout. I think you guys can get away with not having a coach until, you know, D2 or D3 in Premier for WCPPL. I think you will need a coach if you want to go far um, within, you know, we call it Sunday, right? But, you know, there are definitely some um, leagues out there that coaches are not needed if you can't afford it. But if you are playing the NXL at a semi-high level, I do feel like you need a coach that can keep the pits, you know, calm, you know, call lines, and just keep everybody focused on the job at hand instead of having, you know, maybe somebody's dad, you know, that's out there, you know, maybe is or isn't, you know, supporting his or her son only and then players you know start if they start losing they start saying hey why is your son playing all the time etc cetera, etc cetera, right you know having that that mind that just is focused on winning is is needed um just for the morale of it i feel of everybody within the pits definitely you can uh, very quickly lose games because of pit management if it's not handled properly Oh, I mean, I agree. You know, I, I've, I've watched, I watched uh, pro teams at World Cup just dismantle in, in the pits, yelling at each other, throwing pods at each other. Then all of a sudden those two guys are cooling themselves down and then they're called and it's like, hey, where are they at? Well, they're behind the recycle booth calming themselves down instead of focusing on the game. So, yeah, having a coach that everybody respects um, and understands is, is definitely needed. 
Definitely. Uh, in the chat, Steve Blair asks, uh, wasn't BW coach for the Naughty Dogs? Uh, he was coached at the X-Ball towards the end. Uh, we had a lot of coaches. We had Drew. Uh, we had BW. BW is probably um, 2008 to 2010. I think BW uh, was our coach. Um, just I mean, we couldn't for, no. Just for everybody who's listening, maybe isn't familiar who BW is exactly or what those initials stand for. So BW Dunn is Bond Dunn. He he was one of the sales reps for Oregon for all the way back to Draxus. So Draxus GI Sports Core. Uh, he was the main man in the Northwest that you, that would uh, supply us paint as field owners uh, for decades. Um, he was a guy that if you called it Friday saying I need ten cases of paint, he would drive the five hours to go deliver you ten cases of paint. So now he's. Retired and shark fishing in Miami. So if anybody wants to go shark fishing, hit up hit up BW Done. Good for him. All right. So this question is brought to us by BioWorks IV, who is a uh, uh, one of my teammates on the Texas Titans. He's going to be doing uh, house calls, doing IV hydration in Vegas. So if that's something that you need, uh, or if you feel like you need that extra bit of energy going into Sunday, uh, give him a call. So uh, one thing that I enjoyed about Thunder was how many breakouts they seemed to win, uh, which seemed to be largely due to your shooting off the break. So did you have any specific drills or techniques that you feel helped you to be a force off the break? Oh, oh man. I wouldn't say it was all me. Um, I would say it was more of our practice uh, regiments, you know, me, between me and Map Chim. You know, we, we played paintball for a long time and, uh, we were okay with taking chances off the break, you know, standing out in the middle of nowhere, trying to get that extra three inches of a gap. Uh, so, but when it comes to drills, I did a lot of two-shot drills, uh, basically starting from the start box and shooting certain targets at different depths for my depth perception. Uh, perception. A lot of people just shoot at one target that's maybe 80 yards down, down range. And uh, if you are trying to... I mean, that works if you're trying to shoot just one lane, but how to make yourself a great off-the-break shooter is your first two shots at the nearest bunker, because uh, your first two or three shots is the is the one that's going to be accurate enough to hit that person, and then switching to a closer bunker for the fast front guys like, you know, Jacob Edwards and, and, and all those guys that love to shoot and then maybe dip to a D1 or anything like that. So I, I set up multiple targets on a layout, uh, different depth perceptions, and I just did two-shot drills uh, for hours. You know, obviously it helped me a lot since I worked at a paintball field, and you know I could set the field up and then practice it for three hours and then go home. But you know, this stuff can be done early, early in the day uh, on Saturday when everybody's just getting ready. Uh, you know, just two shots. Guy stands behind you. Hits a hits a buzzer and you're just going to town all the time. Um, I would say that was probably the best one that I that I did, and um, also just you know running and shooting at you know the same targets uh, for depth stretching as well, right? Because as a back guy for me, I stayed in the back a lot, but when I did move laterally or forward, uh, most of the time it was because when the people are close. So me shooting, 
you know, running and shooting to keep those guys in or trying to get accurate enough is definitely needed. And those are the, and then you can do the same thing, you know, targets 50 feet, 20 feet, 40 feet, and just go lateral or, or forward, um, you know, because accuracy is key in any position for the NXL or in, in any, any league. Definitely. And I know that um, there's that breakout stat, which gets thrown around from time to time, where in the, at least in the pro division, the team that wins a breakout goes up one body, usually wins like 70% of the time or something crazy like that. So I know that uh, breakout shooting definitely needs to be a priority, especially for teams this weekend uh, practicing the new layout. Yeah, I mean, people are going to be standing in no man's land trying to get those angles and if your head's not on a swivel, you're going to lose people quick. So should be exciting. Definitely. Um, so kind of along those lines, do you have any suggestions as far as uh, te- like preparation for this weekend? You know, now that we only have one layout weekend, do you think that teams should just be trying to get in as many points as they can to understand how the field plays or uh, how much time do you think should be spent on just dialing in those lanes. I mean, points are great, right? Because you can see, you know, if if you have 10 people on a line, you get to see who the top five are or who plays well together. But, you know, you only have two days on this layout, possible three if you can afford the, what is it, $400 to practice for an hour down in, in Vegas. Um, so we'll say you have you have potentially... Uh, 22 hours on the layout. Um, 16 of those hours should be one-on-ones, two-on-twos, half-field, off-the-break shooting, breakout drills, five-on-five, um, at least for Saturday. Um, if I, you know, if I lived in Houston and I was doing the layout weekend with the Outlaws, all Saturday would be just us, semi-pro, playing, you know, whoever, D3, D2, and us shooting at least till noon off breakout drills only and different different people standing in different spots just to try and get those 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 angles and seeing who can get shot off the break and all that stuff because we can all play five on five and get to the snake one and the Dorito one but if we don't understand those shots someone even somebody on somebody else's side of the snake if he doesn't know those shots he's he's useless so my suggestion is progression drills, off the break shooting, and breakout drills for at least your first ten hours of this layout. And well, that's definitely a, a lot of time that uh, needs to go into that preparation. But uh, I mean, understanding those shots, uh, and then you start to understand, hey, what's actually possible? Uh, what spots can we go to? What spots can we stop? Uh, yeah. And here in the chat, we've actually got some similar questions like, uh, yeah, from, uh, yeah, from Steve Blair, he's asking what you think of the layout and we'll, we'll get to that. I think here in, in a little bit, cause it's a doozy. Hold your horses, Steve. <laughs> We're getting to it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Chris Harrison here in the chat, who is, uh, he's, uh, Cooper Harrison. I don't know if you've seen on, uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, the kid with a Mohawk that's been tearing everybody up in Texas, but, uh, He's, he's, uh, I, Chris, are y'all going to be going to Vegas as well? And I, I know that, uh, they've been kind of on the grind, so I'm excited to see what they do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So 
This question's brought to us by FU Athletics. Uh, so throughout your entire career, do you have a single favorite moment? Man. I guess um, one's a mo- one, one is a moment, and then one is just paintball. Um, I would say uh, the moment would be obviously playing with my brother, my twin brother, at our winning our debut of two uh, two thousand three professional paintball. I think we were we might we might be the only team the Nighthawks to do it where we won five man, ten man, seven man, and a pro X ball all in one year. And I was able to to do that all with my brother. So that's something I'll always be able to remember and you know talk to him about when we actually do talk paintball. Mostly it's remodeling this house right now, but. The other is just, you know, being able to train the younger youth, right? Um, I've continued in paintball and worked at the paintball field just so I can, you know, bring up, you know, the 14 to 22-year-olds that want to maybe look, they see themselves as wanting to be a professional paintball player. And I've been very blessed to be able to train as many people as I can to help them with that goal. I, I love that feeling. Um, I was an elementary teacher for the last couple of years, and I've also gotten to work with a ton of uh, kids and teenagers throughout the last probably two or three years. And, uh, one of those is Cooper, who's actually just popped in the chat. He says, uh, what's one piece of advice you would give the youth players that, uh, want to become a pro player? understand that it's not going to be easy um and you have to designate your time and sacrifice right like uh me and my brother were very good at baseball we played uh legion baseball um during our high school years and halfway through high school our coach basically said hey you got to pick either you're gonna be really talented at baseball or go play paintball and my brother and i had to make that decision to sacrifice baseball for paintball um i mean people can do it now because because school is a little different but you you need to understand your limits um you know coming from youth all the way up to pro and and understand the limitations of what you can do on the weekends right and as soon as you understand that you're going to grow and i also suggest that from d4 all up to semi-pro if there are better people two hours away, find a way to get those two hours away. Um, you know, if you, I don't, obviously PB Fit is probably the main field in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'd be there every weekend, no matter where I lived. You know, if, if I lived by the border of Mexico, I'd be driving to, to Dallas to, to Paintball Fit, and I'd be trying to play against the best in the world to get better. Solid advice. Yeah. Uh, and Cooper actually, he does uh, live in Dallas and he does, his team go, does play a paintball fit. He also is uh, saying that, you know, he's, he's trying to play as much as he can and travel, but he's also trying to save up because uh, Cooper was recently uh, selected for the second round of tryouts for team USA U uh, 16. So uh, hopefully France as well is on the docket for him. Yeah, playing for USA obviously um, would be amazing, and I, you know, I congratulate him for making the second cut. Um, I would, t- you know, obviously what you did the first cut, take that and start practicing what you did. You know those drills that Ryan, Marcelo, 
Tyler puts you through, you know, be your best at that, you know, going into the second round because, you know, they were, I, I watched all those youth kids, U19, U16, uh, play in France two years ago, and they had a lot of talent. So there's going to be a lot of people you're going to be competing against. So get that one shot down, that off the break shooting, and that communication down pat, and you should be good to go. Sure. So yeah, this uh, this next question is brought to us by Seventy One Designs. So for the upcoming NXL Las Vegas event, you're coaching the Outlaw Anodizing Organization, which is the team here in Houston. Uh, so how did you con- come to connect with those guys, and what did you see in them that made you want to make the jump to coaching specifically that team? Uh, so I don't know if a lot of people know uh, Norris Ross. He is one of the guys that it's helping the Outlaw Organization. Uh, you know, just with sponsors and stuff like that. He was actually my team, what my team manager of the last three years of Seattle Thunder. So he was the guy that drove 13 hours to an NXL event with all my coolers, my pods, um, picked people up at the airport for me. Um, he did a lot for me. And uh, when he called me and said his coach wasn't able to commit uh for the 2024 season i told him i would think about it uh because that was right after i had left the ironman and um i was getting a lot of coaching offers from uh, pro to semi-pro and you know what i guess what made me decide is i don't know if a lot of people know me but i coach used to coach phoenix rising at the wcppl and they were all the way from d5 up to premier and i feel like me coaching numerous lines or helping numerous lines, you know, work up within the ranks, right? From, you know, because D5 moves to D4. Maybe one guy's playing really good. He moves from D4 to D3. Um, I think my coaching habit helps big organizations. And when he told me he has roughly 90 people within his organization, um, I think that was the deciding factor for me. Obviously, he's a really good friend of mine, but, you know, Friendship only goes so far in paintball, but, uh, I, you know, just, I feel like for me, my first year of coaching only NXL events, um, instead of playing, coaching a big organization like this, instead of focusing on a semi-pro team only or a pro team only, uh, I, I felt was better for me. So that's why I chose the outlaws. Got it. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. So uh, going into Vegas, uh, which I know Outlaw has lines pretty much from top to bottom going in. I know they have semi-pro D2. I believe they have a D3 and possibly a D4 as well. Um, mm-hmm. So which of those lines are you going to be involved with as far as at the event? And uh, why those lines? Uh, so uh, Norris is on the D2 line, and that's technically what he wanted me to coach was the d2 only like focus 100 percent on that line um so i would be coaching the d2 line 100 percent at the nxl events but as norris knows uh i will if if time persists i will be able to help any line that is needed you know if semi-pro needs me to go scout uh teams I'll, i'll be there for that line uh whatever makes the organization better uh i told norris that i am for so you know, if, if if D4 needs, like I said, a pot, well, I won't, okay, I won't be hasty. I won't run pods, but 
you know, I'll fill pods in the pits, whatever, whatever those lower or higher divisional teams need from me from outlaw, I will do. So just because I'm only coaching D2 fully doesn't mean I won't be part or in the pits from, from the other uh, divisions when it comes to the NXL. Gotcha. Yeah, and I guess another question that I had there was I I also know that one of your former teammates, Kyle Warner, uh, is also going to be playing for Outlaws, and that he's going to be playing on that semi-pro line. So were you part of the process as far as bringing him over, and uh, why not coach his line as well? So Norris has always asked me when he first started the outlaw or first started with not started the organization, but when he first started with the organization, he always bounced ideas off me when it comes to players, because, you know, when I ran thunder, I was always looking for that next talent. So I would go to divisional, the divisional side of the NXL and watch the semi pros and the D three teams play. And anybody I thought was good, I'd always, you know, notate them and maybe talk with them, you know, seeing, what their plans were for the future, right? So I know a lot of people with within the NXL, so he was just bouncing names off me when he says, hey, I, wanna, I, I need a good pro for semi-pro. And I know Kaido had just uh, left the Ironmen and, you know, had always reached out to me and said, hey, man, if you know anybody that wants, that needs, that needs somebody, uh, please think of me so when norris reached out i was like yo i got i got the perfect guy for me and kaido is you know when he played he played two years with me and the first time he played with us it was at a practice uh, our coach <laughs> our coach would make uh Corey's line and adam gomez line so we'd play against each other at practice and we would count how many who, who the best squad was right and kaido got picked on my line and i was like all right kaido they won't expect this Let's go to their 300 off the break. And he looked at me, he goes, bet. I was like, I was kidding. He's like, no, I'll do it. I was like, okay, <laughs> do it. And he ran there running and shooting and he made it. And we won in like 30 seconds. And I think Adam got put on notice that I wasn't fucking around. That was, that was a long year because we, we shot each other a lot. But, you know, Kaido will do anything for his teammates. And I think, I think it's a good fit for him. You know, I, I tried to get Patty to go on the outlaws too, but he was focused on trying to play professional paintball for 2024. But, uh, the team is bigger than one person. So just cause Kato and I are really good friends. Um, doesn't mean that I, that I should coach that line. They had a coach that helped coach all NXL world cup. And for me just to step in and say, Hey, I'm coaching, you know, Norris and I talked about it and they talked about it within the organization and I think we all felt that the coach that coached them at, at the NXL World Cup would better fit them. Um, and again, as I, I always off, I offered them, like, hey, if you need me, if he, need, if he needs help, I, I'm all for helping, you know. Whatever, whatever we can do to win, I don't have to be coaching as long as the organization is successful. Sure, yeah, I love it. Um, and here in the chat, some more Outlaw members are – Chiming in, Ryland says, "Hey Corey, welcome to the Outlaw Org. Excited to have you on board." He also says that he's going to be the one on pot duty, so never fear there. Um, Thank you, God. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also from B Gravy, he says, "Corey, what coaching style are you bringing to Outlaw, and how do you measure success?" Well, first of all, I don't think we should say that on <laughs> a podcast. Everybody should watch, but um, I'm a guy. 
you know, when it comes to coaching style is um, I will do anything. Like, I'll, I'll run to their side off the break first point, um, or I'll play defensive. I try and switch it up just because I don't want them to – I just don't want to be a guy that does, you know, one-trick pony. Um, so that's what I'll be bringing – coaching style to the outlaw organization without giving out everything that I, that I want to do. And, uh, what was the second question? Uh, how do you measure success? Um, I mean, as a team, right. Um, if we are growing, so say, you know, we go, God forbid we don't go on four, right. But if we go on four, you know, we lick our wounds and we come back and we go two and two, that's how I'm going to measure success. Right. Um, you know, I want I want this organization to everybody who's playing D four move up to D three the next year. Everybody's playing D five move up to D four, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's how I'm gonna measure success with with uh, this organization and in general. Right. Um, you know, losing is part of it. And I told, I mean, every, if anybody knows losing, it's me. Right. You know, I started Seattle Thunder. We didn't do great the first four years. You know, we licked our wounds forever, right? And then it was our time. You know, the 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 hard work paid off, right? So, as long as we're working hard, and we see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, that's success to me. So, I mean, obviously, we all want to win, but you know, losing is going to be there. Why we're winning? So, we just got to learn from it and be better. Definitely. And uh, Philip Middleton is here in the chat as well. One of the Head guys over at Outlaw. He says the Outlaw family is strong. We are here to grow the sport and bring home some hardware here in 2024. It's the plan. I like it, Philip. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Stavina says we're excited to have you. Um, Doc uh, has a question for you. He says, Corey, what four teams do you see making it to Sunday for Vegas, looking at it as a viewer and not as a coach? I'm assuming he means the pro division, but Doc, if you, uh, you have a specific division that you had in mind? Uh, chime in. Uh, well, I guess before I answer that, I'm actually excited for the semi-pro in this one. Uh, Whether like 30 semi-pro teams or something like that in <laughs> in Vegas. So I think I think that league is going to, or that division is going to be a fight. So I'm going to try and watch that as much as possible. But I mean, the four teams, right? As a spectator... It's kind of hard to to X name myself out of a coaching thing, but I mean, I want to see AC Diesel do well um, this this go around. I think Damage uh, X Factor, all those guys are going to have a good run. So, um, if I was rooting for one per for one team, it would it would be uh, Diesel, just because my boy Ryan Ryan Gray is at the helm now, and I and they got the talent. Uh, so I'm hoping, hoping for good things. Yep. Diesel definitely has, uh, should have a lot going for them this year. And I think their bracket actually is pretty decent if I remember correctly. So yeah, I haven't even looked at the brackets. <laughs> have to, let's see. I've got them up right here. So in diesels. Oh shoot. never mind. They don't have a decent bracket They're They've got dynasty X factor legion, them and blast camp. They've got the doozy of the bracket. I mean, yeah, doozy, but I mean, it all depends on the playing style, you know, mouse, all those guys on, on diesel, you know, they got Cody now, you know, that's a really good leader. Um, and this, this layout 
I think is really good for Mouse. So, and you know, Legion Legion's always good, but they're all, they're missing a lot of their amazing talent. So, um, I'm not saying they're going to suck, but I think Diesel has the the, the edge on that. You know, and then I think it's going to be a grind for the other two that they're playing. So I'm I'm happy. And Blast Camp's got oof, that's a doozy. Oh yeah. Oof. Welcome to the pros. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Hey, um, that's gonna be that's gonna be a f- exciting bracket to watch. But it, I'm going back to what you were saying about semi pro. Like it's hard to think that the last time or the the two teams that are going to be making the finals in Vegas have not touched the finals field in semi-pro for the last year and a half. Since last year, it was all Blast Camp and Fit. And then the year before that, Pup was Notorious and Fit. Chicago was Blast Camp and Notorious. Mm -hmm. So you have to go back to, I think, Philly of 22 before you find any other teams that have uh, touched the finals field in semi-pro. That wasn't Blast Camp, Fit, or Notorious. Yeah, and you know, if you think about it, you know, if the the gold, if the Vegas Misfits were still playing, you know, how well would they do? You know, since those two teams aren't there, right? You got, I think the Sea Dogs would do really well. You know, obviously Outlaws Semi Pro team is stacked, um, so it it should be good. I'm excited to see, you know, every, newbies. Newbies are good, so let's it's going to be exciting exciting year, I think, for Semi Pro. Definitely. And actually, going back to 22, I, I since I have it pulled up, uh, the so not counting the Golden State Miner, Philly of 22 was Blast Camp and Colorado Blitz. So Colorado Blitz, I guess, would have been the last team that. Uh, actually, hold on. Let me let me make sure that's correct. Yeah, Blast Camp and Colorado Blitz. So there's, and I don't know if Colorado Blitz is playing. I think they're Denver Altitude now. I think they switched their name to Denver Altitude. Okay. I think most of them are still playing. They're just under a different name. Gotcha. So they got CJ, Eric, um, all those guys played for Rising Premier for me. So, you know, they play really well. So, you know, they can always put it together. Hopefully they do. Definitely. All right. Um, Yeah, so... uh... This next question uh, is, uh, I'm sure a lot of people want to hear your answer on this. So the layout dropped a couple of hours ago. Uh, do you have any initial thoughts you'd like to share on it? Man, um, so this is probably, I mean, since Dallas, that minor, this is, I mean, I, I saw a lot of people online say that this layout is garbage and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm excited to see what Jason Trojan does, um, just because, um, the NXL obviously is trying to move forward when it comes to layouts. Uh, so the initial thought, let's see here. What do I say without giving away what I really, really like? Uh, I can tell you this, uh, whoever gets wide and gets to those wedges in the double snake, those two wedges kill everything. The middle guys can't survive. Um, so, and there's not a lot of people that can stop those guys. So, it's going to be a race, I feel, to those wedges and, and getting those kills, right? You know, unless the middle guy is locked on them and gets a lucky shot when the guy comes up. Um, 
there's going to be a lot of people standing out in the middle of nowhere. I think, honestly, I think this layout, Rainy, Rainy from Damage, is going to love because he he's a guy that takes so many chances. And um, if anybody in this chat is, you know, Division 4 up to, up to Semi-Pro, I recommend you guys watch Rainy to see if, 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 you know, if you guys are wondering if I should shoot here and move. Uh, Rainy's going to be the guy to watch uh, when it comes to this because from my initial just standing there, putting the layout up in high winds today, uh, you're going to stand back there, shoot, and move to your secondary super quick. Um, so, yeah, that's all I'm going to give out until until you see me coach. So, <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, this uh... – I I was not able to play that den or that Dallas minor back in 22. Um, I was very much injured, unfortunately, and I was a little bit sad I never got to play that. But this one's looking definitely looking like a race, uh, if if nothing else. Yeah, I think this layout's gonna is gonna people that can play every position is going to show their talents on it. Um, I've preached it for many years that if you want to play X ball at a high level. You need to learn to be able to run to a secondary off the break or start in the back and be able to get to the snake really quick. Um, so this this layout shows all three of those positions really quick. And if you are a guy that can adapt to that, I think you're going to love this layout. If you're a guy like me that likes to stay in the back and shoot and maybe rumble your way somewhere, this might not be the layout for you. So I'm going to play it this weekend just because... I play, you know, I'm coaching and playing a layout helps me coach. So I'm excited to to play it and see what I can and can't do on it. For sure. Yeah, uh, I'm I know I'm looking forward to uh, how X Factor is going to do with all of their snake pickups. Uh, they seem to have stockpiled those. They've got Axel. They've got Billy. They picked up uh, Ryan Hoskinson. I'm sure Tim Stetzel can play that fast role as well. So uh, this this might be a layout that they can send some pretty unique packages out that other teams can't. It's like Ryan Brand knew that Jason Trojan was going to make this layout, so he he picked he handpicked all the good snake players. So whatever Ryan Brand's doing and what it has over Jason Trojan, I want to know so I can do it. <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, there we have it um, for anybody who's here uh, listening live first. Thank you for uh, tuning in. If you have any questions for Corey, go ahead and get them in the chat now. Cause we're getting to the end of our show. So um, this next question is brought to us by get that shot. Who's NXL pro media. He also just recently got um, announced that he's going to get his uh, drone license so that he can fly them at the upcoming USXBL event at the end of March. And also at the NXL lone star major, uh, that comes to Texas. So uh, if you're nice. needing uh, any media coverage, reach out to him. So uh, are there any anybody in paintball, either teams, players, brands, or projects that have caught your attention lately? Who do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing? Um, Like anywhere or? It could be anywhere in the paintball community. They could be a team. They could be a manufacturer. They could be uh, some community guy or girl. Doesn't matter. Uh, who do you who do you think deserves a shout out or deserves more recognition for what? Uh, oh man, there's so many. I will. Um, 
I will give a shout out to Krista Titus who plays on the heroines. I think that girl is amazing at paintball. And obviously there's a lot of women in the WNXL that play amazing, but she she always sticks out and she's a wild one. She could start in the back and shoot and then run up and stab you in, in your Dorito with no problem. So um, I think she definitely deserves a special shout out. Um, just be just the way she plays and how she advocate advocates for the WNXL. Um, so there's that uh, team. Uh, I think I'm going to. I'm really excited to see ACD this year. And I know I've said it before, but I think Ryan, I, you know, Ryan Gray and I have known each other for a long time. Like uh, he was, you know, on Texas Storm, worked for Key Action. Uh, Ryan was there when we had a paintball player actually die at practice for the Naughty Dogs uh, when we were practicing Texas Storm. So we've always had a, a good connection. And when he announced that he was going to be with Diesel, um, I was super excited. So I I really, again, am excited to see AC Diesel and see what Ryan can bring to the table. Um, you know, obviously, Mike Kinman and Chris Rangel are doing really good things in Texas uh, for their leagues. So that should be, you know, interesting enough. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know Maze and Paintball, but that guy started in a closet selling used equipment, uh, what, five years ago, six years ago. And now he's got a big storefront in Texas and he's sponsoring teams, seven man, 10 man, you know, giving back to the community. So giving a shout out to Maze and Paintball is definitely needed because he has grown from being a small closet selling stuff to now a big, big dude in paintball. Um, so yeah, that's about it. I've seen, there's so many people I could name, but I'll, I'll keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Nick Mays. Uh, he actually, while he was still in his closet, he sold me my first paintball gun. Uh, and, uh, it's been great to see him grow into what he is now, which is like a, a physical brick and mortar storefront in, uh, in the North side of Dallas. So yeah, shout out to you, Nick. Uh, so I think that does it for our show. This final question is brought to us by Compete, which is Jell Stewart's brand. Message him on Facebook or Instagram. Mention In the Pits for 10% off of your order of soft goods. So, Corey, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Oh, man. Um, shout outs. Well, obviously, I, I mean, we can't do it without, without our significant other, right? I, you know, I've been blessed to travel around the world and do things I love just because of my wife Janelle at home that holds down the fort with my German shepherd and all that stuff so you know let's just give a shout out to her and say thank you for everything she you know I wouldn't say allow but sacrifices for me to be able to to still be in this sport and um you know I guess the last thing that I that I would like, like to say is um Paintball is an amazing sport. Uh, I've met people, a, a wide range of people within, within the paintball community, from firefighters to law enforcement to people in the military. And um, it's, it's every walks of life. So um, it's, it's, it's a unique sport. So anybody that's watching this that maybe has only played a few times, uh, you know, just continue because you – 
I've known people that has started their careers because they played paintball against somebody and they got a job with that person. And now they're just very successful at whatever career they decided to do. And uh, last but not least, uh, obviously, I'm going to shout out the best paint in the game, which is GI Sports, uh, Key Action Sports, Core, all, that same company throughout, throughout um, paintball. If you guys haven't signed up your team for Vegas, I would suggest do so because GI Sports is almost out of spots. And if you want to win, shoot the best. Absolutely. All right. So I think that does it for our show. Uh, everybody online, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to go follow Corey on Instagram at J underscore on Instagram. So what other guests would you all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. Show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts, and Spotify the next day. I give a quick shout out to my partner and sponsor tier subscribers on Patreon. FU athletics, get that shot. Paintball Kumite, compete, Bem wraps, skull monkeys, paintball, Hydra, XTPL events, Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, pod runners union, 71 designs and bioworks IV. So we will see you guys next week for episode 89. Stay tuned for the March schedule. We'll likely be doing an episode on Monday just because I fly out to Vegas on Tuesday afternoon. So, uh, yeah, expect to expect to have that then. And then, I mean, right after Vegas, we're the week before USXBL pretty much. So, yeah, pretty fast turnaround. Yeah, uh, we'll see you all next week. Corey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, sir.